Jesus, we thank you for what you've done. It can never be undone. It can never be altered, what you've achieved. Lord Jesus, we thank you. The unimaginable length that you went to to find us. Lord, the unimaginable horror that you endured just to get into our lives so that you could unpack all of your riches, all of your blessings. Oh, God, so that we who were dead in sin could be raised to life and receive an inheritance that we could, couldn't even dream of ever receiving. Lord Jesus, our attention, our eyes, our mind is on you. Our heart is on you. We love you, Lord. We want to love you more. We want to live for you in a better way. If we're not there yet, Lord... We want to again say today, oh God, we want to live lives pleasing. We just want to hear you say, I'm pleased. Oh God, what else would we want? What other endorsement would we ever want to live under than knowing your pleasure, knowing that you are happy? Oh God, Lord, thank you. We don't have to work or labor for it. Father, we have your pleasure upon us because of the work that Jesus came, completed, and finished on the cross. Lord, now, Lord, we pray as we hear your word today. Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, speak above my voice with your gentle, still voice. Lord God, use us. Use us to do your will. Use us to work the works that you have designed and predestined for us. Oh, God, thank you for each life here, precious, selected, chosen, elected, predestined by you, even before we were born. God, thank you for the worth that's attached to our lives because of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give him another shout. Yeah, Jesus, we love you. Woo! And you may be seated. Well, we've got um, just a few moments really left in the service. And um, I I just want to introduce something this morning, a scripture, chapter of scripture that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks after Easter and maybe going into um, April. Uh, But we've been looking at this theme, there is no place like home. There is no place like home. And God calls his church a home. A home for us. This is our home. It's not just a place, a building. When God looks at his church, he looks at us, his people. We are his home. We are his people. We've been called from different places If you look around the room this morning, you'll see lots of different nationalities. You'll you'll see lots of different ethnicities. And God has brought us from all different places, some from over different, uh, from different countries God has brought here. And sometimes uh, we've decided to come here and some of us have unknowingly been brought here, guided here because of the Holy Spirit directing and controlling and leading our steps. So when we look around this morning, we see something very precious. We see something that's been ordered by God. 
You being here, me being here, is not by chance. It's not just as a result of some decisions that we randomly made. No, Jesus, Jesus, the builder of his church, has selected you, has selected me, and he's brought us together. And therefore, when we look around, every single person has value. Every single person here has worth It doesn't matter if you have a great education or if you have no education. It doesn't matter if you have a great healthy bank balance and a big house and a lovely car. Wonderful. Or if you have no no bank balance and currently you're sleeping in a doorway. To God, everybody's the same. There is no high. There is no low. We're all on one level playing with him. Hallelujah. He's the builder of his church. He is the builder and we've been bought with the same blood, the same blood that paid for me, it paid for you too. It really did. The the price for all of our sin is on him. The, The price, the same price that was paid for you was paid for me and therefore we all have the same value. We really do. We really do. But this morning, you know, we've been talking about connection. We've been talking about getting connected and the importance about being connected, our lives being connected together. It's so important. Dave said, you know, all, all of the emphasis that God has is, is in relationship. All of the value and all of the investment that, that he, he places on people and, and on us is, is around relating with us through his love. And we want to understand that and we want to know that and and we want to value that. You see, we don't just come to a building and then live separate lives and go out of the doors and never get to know each other and never have our lives interwoven with one another. No, we want to be a place where we're connected to one another. We want to be a place where our lives are woven together and there's meaning and there's value. Yes, it's great when we have friendships. Yes, it's great when we, when we share, you know, the, the, the same interests. But our connectedness is not just because we've got great friendships. Our connectedness together this morning is not just because we have the same interests. Our connectedness is far deeper than that. The center of our connectedness is Jesus. He's the one. That's brought us together. And therefore, because he's brought us together, there must be a priority. There must be an importance attached to building our lives into one another and being close and, 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 and knowing one another. And therefore, that's why we want to really place importance on our connect groups and being connected one with another. But you know, we're going to, over the next few weeks, we're going to look at Luke chapter 15. And, um, you know, when you read Luke chapter 15, you see that there's a lot of disconnection there. We're emphasizing how important it is to be connected. But you know, when you go out into your world, and when, when you go out and you, you, you work in your workplace, and you just look at life itself... In our day and age, like no other time, there's a lot of disconnection. 
where there's family breakups, where there's relational breakups, where there's, where there's stress and strain and weight on, on marriages and friendships and everything is being tested to the limit. And as the weight of life and circumstances come down on people, lots of time there is failure and fatigue and breakup and there's a disconnectedness in the world in which we live. But God wants to help us. He really does. Jesus wants to help us in our disconnected world, in our world that's broken apart, in our world that's fragmented and and shattered. God wants to come, I believe, with his love and with his healing power and, and, and make us whole. He really does. He wants there to be a connectedness in the house of God. He wants that love of his presence to sweep across our lives. And where there's hurt, he wants to bring wholeness. Where there's anxiety and fear to get involved and distance where, where we don't want to come near because we've been hurt before. He wants to restore and remove all of those fears so that again as whole people we can see value beyond our own broken lives in the lives of others. And we can say, do you know what? I need you. I need your experience. I need your help. I need your advice. This is the more excellent way that Paul talked about that we've been referring to in 1 Corinthians 12. Paul went to the church, an amazing gifted church. They came behind in no spiritual ability. But Paul said to them, I want to show you a more excellent way. And all of the qualities that he unpacked to that Corinthian church that really were broken, that really were on their back heels, that really were fighting and squabbling and in conflict. All of, the, all of the excellent way that sh- Paul showed them in 1 Corinthians 13 were all relational aspects. They were all relational uh, qualities that he wanted them to unpack from the love of God that had been shed abroad in their hearts by the Holy Spirit. Unconditional love. That's relational. That's a love that will never fail, that will never falter. That will never back down. And God, I believe, wants this love. God, I believe, wants this more excellent way to to be discovered by us again afresh. So that our wounds and and our hurts are healed and made whole. Whereby again we can reach out to others around us and be a blessing to them. Do you know this really, you know when you think about it, I was thinking about this. There are only really four ways to learn in life. There's only really four ways to learn. There's the easy way. And the easy way is when you come to a junction, a life junction, and everybody is telling you to go right. And your own desires and your, your own reason is actually telling you to go right. Take a, left, take, a, take a right turn, Dave, at the junction. And then a trusted friend comes along, side. Maybe he or she has been on the road of life for a long time. Maybe he or she has has walked a hard road and made their own mistakes. And they come to you and they say, Dave, don't turn right. Everybody's telling you to turn right, Dave. But I'm telling you to go straight ahead. 
I've made the choices at the critical junctions of life, Dave. I felt the pressures and everything within me told me to go right. When I, when I was faced with those decisions, I went right, Dave, and I suffered severe consequences for it. Dave, go straight ahead. Now, if I listen to that person who's respected, who's walked the road of life a long time, longer than me, if I listen and I receive instruction from them, that's a good way to go. Why? Because my fingers aren't going to get burnt. I'm going to learn from the wisdom of another person that's walked down the road of life a lot longer than me. But there is another way to learn in life. And it's not the easy way, it's the second way. It's the hard way. And the hard way says, do you know what? I think you're an idiot. I'm going to listen to what my own reason says. I'm going to listen to what everybody else is telling me to do at this critical point in my life. I'm going to turn right. I've got every right to make this decision. I want to cut my own course in life. I want to learn from my own mistakes. I want to learn from my own experiences. And you turn right. And you go on a hard road. Why? Because you haven't listened. Why? Because you haven't received instruction. And you go down. uh, You take that right turn at that critical point in life. And you make your mistakes and you, 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 you face the consequences of the wrong choices that you've made. That's the hard way. Then there's a third way. It's called the tragic way. We could call it the tragic way. And the tragic way is when you don't learn from the first way or the second way. You don't learn the easy way. You don't even learn the hard way. You've got to just carry on down in your own tragedy. Circumstance after circumstance, life after life lesson is trying to teach you, trying to instruct instruct you, but you're being swallowed up in this huge tragedy. It's what the, the, the proverb says, it's like a dog returning to its own vomit. It's... Solomon said, a dog returns to its own vomit like a fool returns to its own foolishness. And sometimes our lives are just swallowed up in this tragedy because we just, we we can't get out of, you know, trying to move on from one circumstance and then we're swallowed up into another circumstance because our hearts are hard. We won't receive instruction and our whole lives... are decaying. But then, there is a fourth way. And I want to call this the more excellent way. Hallelujah. And we have access to that more excellent way. Every single one of us. It's in us by the Holy Spirit. It's in us. It's God's love. According to Romans 5.5, Paul says that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. And if you and I will listen to his love, the dictates of his love, if you and I will listen to the instruction and the still small voice of that love, when we come to those critical decisions, that love, his voice will direct you on through if we will heed it. If we will listen to it, it will be a more excellent way for us.
It really will. Now, one, uh, now Luke chapter 15. What we see here is we see a lot of disconnected elements to this chapter. Jesus is in a house and he's talking to sinners. He's talking to people that don't have any idea about God. And he's trying, I believe, to get them connected. He's trying to get them connected to a loving God. He's trying just to show them in his own unique way how God loves them and how God is interested in them. He's not trying to refer them back to an old system of rules. He's just trying to get them connected through his grace and through his love. And then you've got some Pharisees, some religious people in the room with him. And they're criticizing Jesus because of his love that he's extending to to them. They are criticizing Jesus because he's reaching out to these disconnected people in his presence. So Jesus just very openly just begins to describe some scenarios to them. He says, hey, listen, guys. And you know, this is, this is what I love about Jesus. This is just out there in the course of life, in, in day-to-day living. It wasn't a Sabbath day. It wasn't a religious day. It was just out there in the hustle and bustle of life in somebody's home. And Jesus just speaks freely and he gives us something wonderful in this chapter just by fellowshipping in this house. He says, listen, guys, he said, um, there was this shepherd. And he realized one day, whilst he was, you know, tending his sheep, one, one, one of his sheep went missing. He counted his sheep and he only had 99. And he should have had 100. And one of them wandered off. And he says, I've got to find that little sheep that's gone wandering off. And Jesus is almost talking and revealing to these religious, hard-hearted men the most basic fundamentals of his care and his love. He says, the little sheep went wandering off. He said, do you know what that shepherd did? He searched hard for that sheep. He searched hard for the little sheep that was disconnected, that had separated itself from the fold, gone beyond the boundaries, gone beyond the the perimeters. He said he searched hard for that sheep, and when he found him, he put him on his shoulders, and he brought him home, and he began to call his neighbors, and he began to rejoice, and he began to celebrate, and he began to tell everybody how he had found this sheep that had wandered off. And then Jesus brings everybody's attention back to his purpose. And he says, do you know what? Looking at the religious people, he said, do you know what? When one sinner returns home and repents... There's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents and gets their life right with God and reconnects 
reconnects their heart to their loving Father in heaven. Do you know what? It's very simple. The message of Christ, the message of the gospel has never changed and it will never change. God loves the lost. God is longing for those who are disconnected to get connected again. And he tells them about this scenario of a little sheep lost out there in the wilderness, wandering, but of a shepherd finding and bringing home and reconnecting it. The message is simple. The message is clear. We're living in a world all around us where people are completely disconnected, completely and utterly disconnected from God. And there's nowhere like the place. There's nowhere like the house of God for people to get connected with God and not only connected with God, but connected again with his people. He goes on and he speaks another little parable to them about a lady that lost a coin. And she began to search and scour every place in her home to find that coin. There was an urgency. The message is clear. What he's, what he's speaking to these hard-hearted Pharisees. He's telling them, listen, when anything's disconnected, God wants to get it connected again. When anything's lost, God wants it to be found. And he's using simple story-like language, simple pictures for them to understand, listen, you're not going to get connected through religion. You're not going to get connected to the warm, loving heart of God through a set of rules and your empty forms and methods. Jesus is there in the midst of the sinners, in the midst of, of a place where these Pharisees were critical of, and he's winning them and he's saving them and he's teaching those who are hard-hearted about the loving heart that God has. Now, in the weeks to come, I just want to look at this because then next he goes on to a son that got disconnected from his father. And he begins to paint this wonderful picture of how a father longed for his son. And when he got reunited to his son, the celebration and the welcome. And we're going to look at that in the weeks to come. We really are. But you know what? There should be in God's house a huge welcome for anybody that comes home. For anybody that wants to get connected to God. And not only connected to God, but connected to his people. The welcome should be huge. It really should. And that's what we continually, continually want to strive for in this place. A huge welcome. A huge welcome. Come as you are. Come with your bags. Come with your suitcases. Come with your life problems, with your life addictions. You'll not get judged here. Because Jesus is still a friend of sinners. 
And that's why he's our best friend. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's give him a shout this morning. Woo! He's awesome. I'm just going to ask James to come. We're going to, just a short word this morning because of, we had to cover other things which are really important. But you know, I remember as a young lad being in a market in Portugal. And um, before we went to the market, my mum said to me, she said, Dave, she said, now stay close. Stay close to me. This is a busy market. And um, don't go running off. I don't want you to get lost. Just stay close to me. And uh, I did my best, you know, but the intrigue of a kid causes them to wander, causes them to move on out to different places. And this was such an interesting market. You could get chickens, you could buy chickens, everything was there. You know, they cut the head off the chicken and see the chicken running around. Oh, I, was, I tell you what, it's a kid's dream to be there. And um, before I knew it, I'd moved from my mum. I'd wandered off. And um, I was just on my li- own little journey through that market, going to this stall and to that stall. And then maybe 10 minutes in, I realized I didn't know where my mum was. And suddenly, the fear, I can remember it now, the fear and the just the, the, the sheer horror of being in an environment not knowing where your mum or your dad is. And all of these strange people speak in a foreign language that I didn't know. And I was I, I, just overwhelmed, really, by this fear. And I started to cry and started to just, you know, shake. Then I start to shout, Mommy! Like a good little Welsh boy. Mommy! From Ebervale. And, you know, for those moments that I was shouting that, there was, there was no answer. And it felt lonely, it felt cold. That disconnection, you see. Again, that disconnection, feeling that disconnection is an awful thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, hearing your mother's voice, David, David, that little Welsh woman. And, you know, there's nobody like your mother's voice. Nobody sounds like your mum. You could, you could, you know, blindfold yourself and you could have a thousand women in front of you and each of them could call your name. I guarantee you you would know the tonalities of your mother's voice like no other. There's something unique about a mother's call to their children. My mum called my name, and I went running through the crowd, and I grabbed hold of her, and she grabbed hold of me. And again, from that place of disconnect, there was a place of wonderful connect. And it wasn't formal It wasn't, you know, uh, staged. It was just natural. It was loving. And it was so caring and so comforting. And that's what our connection should be like. That's what our connection should be like with one another. If we've been out there in our world, disconnected all week, and then suddenly when we come together, 
It's not contrived. It's not staged. It's not, you know, formal. It's just great to see you. Good to be together. How's your week been? And then we can help each other and be a blessing to each other. But when I came back to my mum and got that connection back, oh, the peace I felt just being found. And you know, many years later, I listened to a man speaking about a similar kind of thing regarding my life. He said, you know what? Maybe today you're disconnected from God. And I, sat, I was only 15 years of age. I sat in a tent and I thought to myself, do you know what? I haven't got a connection with God. I am disconnected. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm going my own way. I'm going down a hard road. And I prayed just a simple prayer. Just saying, would you help me please God? Forgive me of my sin. And suddenly, from that cry from my heart, there was a connection. A connection with God. A sudden connection that's been unbreakable ever since. Didn't make you religious. He didn't put a straight jacket on you. He took it off. Now today, my question to you is this. Maybe you're in here for the first time. Maybe you've been a number of times. And you've not yet got that connection with God. Can I help you today to make that connection with Him? Do you know, the most important moment of this service is for you now, if you haven't got that connection with God, to make that connection with Him. It could be one person, it could be a few people. It may be here this morning, we're all connected, I don't know. But I know this, if God has been speaking to your heart this morning, like my mum sent out her call, that met my call, that enabled us to be connected again, God is calling you. You see, you've been calling Him, maybe for weeks, months, even years, and it's been in this way. Oh, God, I'm tired. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, not again. Not another disappointment. Not another hurt. Not another blow from work. Not, not another angry comment. Not another punch. Not another kick. Lord, I can't help it. I'm shooting up. Can't stop it. Lord, my happiness is in the bottom of that bottle. I'm going to drink it all down tonight. Whatever it is, our, our cry for help, our distress signal to God comes out in a multitude of ways. Oh God, I've made a huge blunder again. That's a cry to him. And he's hearing, he's hearing, he's hearing, he's listening, he's listening. And he's saying, I understand all of that's happening because we ain't got a connection. But I want to come into that disconnection. I want us to connect again. I want to pick you up like that little straying sheep, the shepherd. I want to put you on my shoulders. And I want to carry you back home. I want to bring you home. I want there to be celebration. I want there to be rejoicing. Or you may feel lost in the house 
this morning. You're lost in this crowd. I'm on the fringes. I don't belong. And, and we're searching for you this morning. We, we, we're looking under the bed. We're looking under the table. We're saying, don't live out there on the fringes. We want to find you and connect you and bring you into our homes and involve you. Please, please don't ever feel lonely in this place. This must never be a place of loneliness. This must never be a place of apartness or separation. This must be a body. This must be a building fitly joined together. This is our home, you see. Whatever place you find yourself in this morning, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit loves you so much. Let's close our eyes just a moment. I'm going to pray just a really simple prayer. Oh, please, please, don't let your sin hold you from the Savior. Don't let any guilt or any fear hold you from receiving him right now. I'm going to pray a prayer. It's like making a phone call, but now there's not going to be any engaged tone. You're not going to get a voicemail, sorry. We're busy, we're unable to attend to your call. You're not going to get a series of selections to get through. No, you're going to get a direct call. You're going to make a direct call to Jesus. He's going to answer. The Bible says, if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And you're going to make a call on his name right now. And you're going to get connected. He's going to make the connection with you. So pray this prayer with me right now. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, that's what you're going to do. Just say this. Jesus, quietly in your heart, say it. Jesus, would you come in to my heart, please? Forgive me of my sin. I ask you to be my friend. To be my savior. I believe you're alive. Live in my heart. Make it your home. In Jesus name. Amen. Now while eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer. Would you lift your hand up? Just lift your hand up. I'll see it. And you can put it down. There's one at the back too. That's it. That's it. Lady at the front there. And another lady. We want to give you. A Bible. Is there anybody else? You want it? That's it, sir. Well done. Lady there by. That's right. We want to give you a little Bible. And there's great rejoicing in heaven this morning. When we make that first connection with him. He connects with us. There's no broken connection. You're connected to him. Let's stand to our feet. Father, we thank you. Calvary does cover it all. Calvary reconnects us. Thank you, Jesus. We love you.